Hello everyone and welcome to Second Take. Today we are here together in person. We're going to be finishing our top 10 running segment, going with the centers today. And this is probably going to be the last episode with this type of content before we start moving into more NFL and college football type stuff, more current news, uh, things that are happening. Uh, we're going to start going off of, so this is going to be one of our last lists, at least for the meantime. And as I mentioned before, finishing off with the centers today. Yeah, and if you like this type of stuff, go check out our previous podcasts um, on top 10 NBA positions. And don't forget, if you like it, follow us. Follow us on YouTube. Created a TikTok recently. Follow us on that. Um, go ahead and support us if you like this. We appreciate it. And today, starting off with the honorable mentions for your center list. Roland, do you have any? I've only got one honorable mention for the NBA center top 10 list, and that is Miles Turner. Uh, mm. I was debating between him and Jared Allen for my 10th spot. Surprise. So Jared Allen's my number 10. Um, I just thought Jared Allen has a slight edge because of playoff experience. Miles Turner can shoot better. He's probably an adequate defender. Like They're both about equal, I'd say. Miles um, Turner does get a little bit more stats, but I don't necessarily think that's the biggest deal in the world. Jared Allen's just been able to be on a playoff team, and Miles Turner has never played in the playoffs. So I gave Jared Allen the slight edge there, but those are my kind of two spots I was debating. Fair enough. I'm kind of in a similar ballpark. One of my guys, uh, my honorable mentions, I went with two on this one. One of them I put DeAndre in, just because he has the talent level to be in this top 10, but he has some very inconsistent and non-competitive moments that can be concerning at times that I couldn't quite put him in the list for. And then my last honorable mention was Jarrett Allen. He oh. barely missed the cutoff for my list. The last guy I cut. So is Miles Turner in your top 10? He is in my top so 10. So is he number 10? He's not number wow, 10. Wow, he's, he's higher different than, than number 10. 10. Yep, yep. That's ridiculous. I have him in a different spot. Okay, well, here hey, we go. Hey, you got, you got to find out where. Got to find out where. Because my number 10 is Jarrett Allen, like I said. I think he's a great rebender, rim runner. Um, he's a solid defender. I just think if you're Cleveland, you might have to ship him out to maximize Evan Mobley, unfortunately. But he is a quality bubble all-star type caliber center. Um, I don't think he'll ever improve from what he is. I think he is what he is, and that's good enough, in my opinion, to be in the top 10 in the NBA centers list. But he really is just on the border for me. Okay, okay, not so bad. My number 10 is a little different, a lot different type of player. Okay. I put Nikola Vucevic for the Chicago Bulls really? at 10. Yeah, I put him at 10. Um, his offensive ability and skill level I think is really high, especially for a lot of centers on this list, right? He can shoot threes, he can score double-digit rebounder multiple years. He has been an all-star before, right? Never been on great teams before, right? The Bulls, the Magic. So he's never been a big winner or anything, had much success. Uh, he's a liability on defense, not the liability. greatest defender. He's, yeah, he's not good yeah. at all on defense. But his skill level on that offensive side pushed him into that top 10 for me because he is capable of scoring anywhere from that 17 to 20 point per game mark and get you double-digit rebounds. And I think that is valuable, especially with floor spacing. Just got to make sure you have good defenders around him if he is on your team, which the Bulls don't really have at the moment. Yeah, I have nowhere near the top 10 list. I didn't even think about him. You didn't think about him? I didn't think about him because he's always sucked. Well, he's not always sucked, but he's always been on bad teams. His teams, yeah. And uh, my debate against that is a Miles Turner or a Jared Allen, I think, can contribute more to winning basketball. Because mm-hmm. I think the style that Vucevic plays is dead. Yeah. You're not going to have a number one or even a number two option be your center, really, unless you're Anthony Davis or the Joker and Bede. Unless you're the elite of the elite. Yeah. My only argument against that is Vucevic can still stretch the floor. So I do think there is still a role for him being able to shoot. Um, I don't think, I do think you can go to him more for scoring, right? Like if teams are going to play small ball against you, he can at least punish them in the post, right? You switch. 
Chris Paul into him, Steph Curry on him like a smaller guy. He can score on those guys. He'll be able to punish them, at least make it difficult, even though he can't guard on the other side. Um, so like I said, it's just the offensive ability that put him into 10 for me because I think that is something that can matter. He reminds me of like an Al Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. You know? And he didn't do anything with his career. So, yeah, that's why, why I don't necessarily think he's a top 10 center, but hey. That is a surprising pick. I will tell you, I did not even, I didn't even think. <laughs> didn't about even that come to your mind. Nope, it didn't even come to my mind. So no. where do you go with your number nine? Then? My number nine is actually one of your honorable mentions, DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton. I think he's undervalued. Uh, he's catching a lot of strays for the Phoenix Suns' lack of success. Everybody is just kind of getting angry at him because he was a number one overall pick over Luca. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But Marvin Bagley was picked over Luca, and he's not even in the, is he even in the league anymore is he in Detroit? he's in Detroit Detroit so, you know so not in the league anymore <laughs> pretty much Detroit's a dumpster fire but I like Aiton he can average 20 and 10 I think he could perform at a similar level of Vucevic if he was asked to mm-hmm. um, but I think he fits better in a winning culture than a player like Vucevic does or even like a Jared Allen because he can actually score outside of the paint. Um, his number one gripe and the reason why he doesn't live up to his draft pick or the hype coming in to the NBA that he received out of Arizona is he's soft. Mm-hmm. He's soft. Okay, There's no getting around that. But his talent and his skill level uh, is that of a top 10 center at his position he it's just sad that he doesn't he just shoots layups instead of dunks the ball you know what i mean yeah i don't disagree with you in the term uh soft that you used for him i really do think like you said he has the talent to be in the top 10 my biggest thing is i've seen him in playoff games even this year like just his competitiveness completely disappear where he won't even try to get the rebound he won't even try to guard a guy he'll just let them do whatever they want because he's upset Maybe that he didn't get the ball, or for whatever reason, he's mad at Monty Williams, right? That wasn't a good relationship there with those two. Uh, They got a new coach, so maybe that can change for him. But there are just too many times I saw things like that, and just that mentality, I think, has him underperform of what he could be. My rebuttal to that is everybody else on the list below him have either not been in the playoffs or didn't play well either. Like, Jared Allen didn't play great last year. He did not. And at least Aiton's made a finals run as, like, a like third piece to your team. So um, I just kind of bumped him in there out of... He's more talented than a Kiv, Kiv, uh, Kivon Looney. Yeah. You know? Um, even though Kivon Looney's one more. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely one more than a Miles Turner, a Vucevic... Jared Allen. I will say. So that's my. That's why I put him above those guys. Because he's shown that, granted, he might have a better supporting cast than those guys. Um, but he's shown that he's been able to fit within a system that wins. Mm-hmm. And still put up good numbers. Yeah. I, I do think his finals run, when the Suns made the finals run, was the best basketball he played. And that's honestly what earned him the contract he ultimately got. I just feel like since then, he hasn't quite been the same and that's my biggest thing it's been what now two years a year two years since then so that's my biggest thing if he was playing like that type of player which he can i definitely think he would have made my top 10 but instead i'm on number nine um again a really different type of player i feel like this player dropped significantly over the last year on the list he would have been higher um the year before but i put in rudy gobert at number nine he was my number nine guy um I think his defense took a step back. He's still a really good defensive player. Still protects the rim. Still rebounds. Um, but all of, his, all of his numbers across the board were down. Didn't get as many blocks this year, right? Early in the year, he struggled to fit offensively with Minnesota, Anthony Edwards. But by the end of the year, started playing a lot better. Um, kind of what we were used to in Utah. But he kind of it felt like to me he took a step back. Uh, and so that's why I dropped him down to nine, because I don't think he's quite the same player as he was in Utah. 
Yeah, he uh, is someone I t- totally forgot about again. Because Not on the list. Because I hated... Well, because he's like... He made the Jazz look like freaking geniuses. So <laughs> I honestly forgot it's about true. him. I probably would have put him right around eight. Mm-hmm. Right above eight. And, um, so honestly, we might just go with that. That he's the at number eight for me. Yeah, he would have been and there. I'll kick out my super hot take that I had it higher <laughs> on the list. But uh, okay. I agree with you. I mean, I think he's becoming undervalued. Mm-hmm. He's a walking top 10 defense in the NBA. He can get your rebounds. You know, he can score about as well as a Jared Allen. Can, yeah, you know finishes I mean? under the basket. Uh, I just think you really need the right personnel around him to make him work. Yeah. And uh, getting rid of D'Lo was the best thing Minnesota could have <laughs> ever done. The reports on that Four. were wild. That's just ridiculous. D'Lo wouldn't talk to him. He would talk bad about well, D-Lo, him in front man, of everyone. The Lakers don't even want him anymore. <laughs> uh, they just couldn't lose him for nothing. He's fallen, dude. He has fallen off a cliff. Man. But I think Mike Conley's definitely going to help the the Timberwolves this season. He played well. Bring a balance to... Because D'Lo... No matter how flashy his highlights were in college about how he could pass, he's not a passer, dude. He can't pass very well. He you doesn't know. run the offense like Conley. He and just Conley comes off and shoots freaking mid-range jump shots Elbow all jumper. That's all he does. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Conley played with Rudy. I think that was a big reason why they brought him in. Just because they did play well together, right? Ever since then, Rudy looked like the old Rudy. Yeah, it's true. Um but this is just a guy. We'll see how Minnesota makes it work going forward in the future. But um, it, it definitely feel like he's starting to regress at this point. 30-year-old defensive rim-protecting center, right? Well, it has to be a lot more demanding on his body, not as skilled as some of these other guys. So we'll see yeah. how long he can maintain this for. I don't think he's going to be one of those players that's going to be very highly valued after his contract's up. Yeah. Okay, well, who is your number eight? On My number eight originally, uh, again, I'd probably not sub this person out. I'd probably bump Jared Allen out of my top ten and put Rudy Gobert at this spot and put this guy above um, him slightly. Um, I really think it's a toss-up. My number eight's Porzingis. Okay. I think he had a probably very quietly the best year of his career this year. He's healthy. He's scoring the ball very well. He's playing good defense. Um, he shot the crap out of the ball, dude. He could shoot second best shooting big man in the NBA mm-hmm. behind Easy. the guy that changed basketball, Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> changed As basketball. Said, that's what he said, bro. <laughs> changed the game. Shot it. Changed oh. the game. Anyway, it's talking of, like he's Harden or Curry. Speaking of Cat, he was in our power forward list because he played power forward alongside Brooklyn Gobert and Triple J. Jaron Jackson Jr. is also on the power forward list. So if they're not on our list, don't hate us in the comments. Because they were in the other list. But Porzingis, um, very similar to Cat as in the way he can score. He can shoot the ball, spread the floor, modern day big. Uh, He hasn't had much playoff success. He's battled a ton with injuries. Uh, The thing I'm surprised to see of him going to Boston is if that experiment will work. Uh, the last time he had a running mate to play alongside that was of better caliber than him was with Luca, and it didn't really work too well. Uh, but I do think, just off of pure talent alone, he's got to be in your top eight or nine. So I put him at my number eight. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. When he was with Luca, the Mavs kind of used him as like a catch and shoot two guard. Yeah, which is kind of not matching his skill level. Like, you have a lot of guys who can do that in the NBA, but he can do more than that. So I find that interesting. I do have him higher up on my list than you do. Um, The person who I have at number eight is someone who you left off your list was Miles Turner. I put him at eight. He's led the NBA in blocks a bunch. A bunch of times. Right? He's a really good rim-protecting center. He can shoot the three. I always thought he was more talented than his production um, this year he finally scored more. I always thought he had a LaMarcus Aldridge type ce- ceiling, but 
but he's just never hit that offensively, right? Um, but, you know, Indiana wasn't that good last year, so he did get more shots than normal, right? Uh, he's not the best rebounder, especially for being as big as he is, but he definitely does have an offensive game, right, when he's getting shots, when he's being aggressive, and he's still an elite defensive center in the NBA, and I really like... I think he can fit in really well with a lot of different teams with his that's skill true. set that he has. So that's why I really like him at number eight because he can fit with almost any team in the NBA because he can shoot, but he's big, and he's not a liability on defense. He doesn't have to have the ball to be successful, right? He can be your fourth or fifth guy, um, but he can take more shots when necessary, and he does have the ability. He is a very malleable player, so he could pretty much play on any team in the NBA and succeed. That's probably his best attribute, though. I I am more of a wait-and-see on Miles Turner because this guy could probably jump up to sixth if they just made the playoffs <laughs> and he played well. I just have never seen him win. Yeah, I don't know if the they've ever matters. made the playoffs since Miles Turner has been with the Indiana Pacers. I, I don't think he's ever played in the playoffs. And that's why I'm hesitant to put him any higher than... 11th I guess I mean I had a long and hard conversation between him and Jared Allen but at the end of the day since I forgot Rudy Gobert <laughs> neither of them were going to make the top 10 list yeah it was just a brain fart on my part of the, this preparation but yeah I, my biggest thing is just haven't seen it when it actually matters the big thing is I guess this brings up a question a little different a little off topic from the list but I guess it contributes because sometimes I feel like players by no fault of their own, end up on teams that just aren't very good. Even though they're very capable, they could be very capable in the playoffs. They just never really end up on a team that's that great, you know? And I feel like he might be one of those guys. I feel like his impact could be undervalued just by the fact that he's never made the playoffs. So we're not thinking about him in the postseason when the best players are playing with each other. And I don't know if that's his fault or not. Like, we don't really know because we've never, like you said, never seen him in that situation. Well, my rebuttal to that is if you're like the eighth best center in the league, you should be a number two on a playoff competitive team, no? I don't know. I think it depends on how good you want your team to be. Because some of these guys we have in our top ten lists who are eight, seven, six, are like the third best player on their team, right? So, I mean, that is a good question, but sometimes dudes are just talented and the guys around them aren't so much. It's fair. I think Tyrese Halliburton has helped him elevate his scoring game a lot. I agree with that. Uh, So, I wouldn't be surprised, especially if Indiana somehow pulled something out of their butt and made the playoffs, (laughs) which I don't see that happening. Um, But... Then, then I would be more open to having the conversation of having him in that range. I just, I'm just going to give the nod to people that I've seen actually play in the playoffs before, you know. And again, it might not be Miles Turner's fault. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, who did you put at number seven? Number seven, Brooke Lopez. Hey, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much longer he'll be at this. And again. Going back to the Miles Turner thing, I think Burke Lopez and Miles Turner could be very similar players. Uh, they both can shoot very well. They both play defense excellently. Brooke Lopez is the third best defender on his team, and he got deep depoy votes, D-P-O-Y votes this year. Uh, I think the reason why I put him up this high on my list is just out of respect of how he changed his game to adapt to the modern NBA. Back uh, when he was with Brooklyn, he was a back-to-the-basket, primary kind of go-to offensive guy like Vucevic uh, or Al Jefferson, you know. And he completely transformed his game to fit alongside Giannis. Uh, He shoots dang near 40% from three. Excellent defender. And he he complements a winning team very well. And that is why I have him at number seven, just because of the amount of effort it takes, especially at his age, to change his game so that he can keep playing at an effective level. 
I agree with you. I have Brooke Lopez at seven as well. Okay. Your thought process was very similar to mine when you compared him to Miles Turner. I had thought that he had been more of a winner, especially in Brooklyn, yeah. right? They won why. a chip with him. That's um, why I have him higher. He's a really good three-point shooter, really good defender. Not so much of a rebounder, but, I mean, he does play with Giannis. Never been a rebounder, really. Um, it's kind of weird how some guys are like that, but... Uh, he has the offensive skill set. He still can score on smaller guys, right, when they're switching. So he can punish when teams play small ball, right, makes it difficult. And he can still guard guys. Um, like you said, he's getting a lot older. He's like he 35, is. 36 now. Still playing at a good level, right, um, with the Bucks, They're still pushing to win the title. But uh, kind of like you said, it's like this is what Miles Turner could be. But we just don't in a know winning if he's situation, yeah. yeah, I think this is really exactly. Miles Turner's ceiling. Mm-hmm. Is a Brook Lopez of last year? That's yeah. kind of the ceiling for Miles Turner, in my opinion. And I think he might hit it one day if he see what happens on a different team. You yeah. know what I mean? See what happens with the Pacers, so. right? They got some young guys. Tyrese Halliburton uh, got Jarris Walker this year. Signed uh, signed a wing. The guy from the Nuggets, Bruce Brown was really good so we'll see what happens with them and their players moving forward but looks like we agree for yeah. the first time so far first on this on list. list usually we agree usually a lot we more agree, but we're really close yeah so who did you put at number six well yeah baby this ah, is where it's gonna be spicy go. here we go this is the better french center boys victor wimbin oh he oh he put i already list. put him i already put list? him dog. i don't care Whoa. dog he is going to be a all-NBA oh. defensive player year one. He's going to average 20 a game. He's going to get 10. Yes, the Spurs will still suck. Okay. But he is going to do things that none of the dudes on the list below him have ever done in his first season. Man. It's a pure projection. I am all in on Victor Webb and Yama. Victor Webb and Yama. You know, Number six. The sixth, fresh out the womb. He's the sixth best center in the NBA. <clears throat> you know, when you say it out loud, based on everything I've heard about him, I really don't think it's that crazy. It's not. If he ends the season right there. I'm yeah, this put- is a projection. This is the only one on my list out of all of them that we've ever That's known. like the That's biggest projection. projection. I by the end of the season he will be maybe even top five. I mean he has all the ability in the world. I do not doubt that he will end up there like within his first two years. Um, I'm not gonna put him there right now because I have not seen him play. In He's NBA already there in Rudy Gobert. We've seen the footage. He beat him one on one when he was 16. Oh, 16. He could still score. Man, he beat Rudy Gobert when he was 16. Years I don't old. even know what to say to that. I was not expecting you to put Victor. Victor Wembanyama, number six. I, I should have been more prepared for the for the Victor takes. I almost put him above the guys, a, a couple of guys. I almost put him five. Uh, the only thing I have to say about that is he's 18, 19 years old, right? It's not that strong yet. Uh, I bet he does go through some type of rookie He'll wall, have rookie struggle. Hand, yes. Might not shoot the greatest because he's going to be. The best player on the Spurs to shoot the most shots. I think that's where he's going to struggle the most is his field goal percentage. He's going to be he's going to learn, you know, what's a good and what's a bad shot for him in the NBA. Um, that's not going to matter because he's going to be so good on defense. He can dribble. Yeah. Nobody else on this list can dribble, dog. Not like this guy. He can go between the legs, step back, get the rebound, and dunk it. So out of pure ability. He's going to be a top six center. I honestly thought it was going to, was low. Mm. Because this guy, man, he's crazy. He's scary, bro. He is scary. And give him a couple years, he might be flirting with number one on this list. So I, I put him at number yeah, six. I don't disagree with that in a couple of years for sure. Um, my number six is a guy who you had a little bit lower. I put Christophs Porzingis at number six, right? Uh, I just think he, at worst, I mean, I guess, <coughs> I guess, unless it's the Washington Wizards, yeah. um, if he's your number three guy, you're normally in a pretty good situation, right? Um, and if you're not in Dallas and using him as a catch as a, and shoot as a, center, as a shooting, guard. then then yeah, then it's okay. Uh, I do believe he'll 
play well in Boston, fit in Boston. It's not what I thought Boston needed no. to get better. I thought they needed more of a point guard, but they got rid of Marcus Smart to get him. So we'll see how that goes for them. They're even bigger now than they were before, right? But he just has an elite offensive skill set, right? He's an yeah. elite rim protector. He's a better rebounder than like Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, right? He's not the best. He's not getting double-digit rebounds, but he's getting eight to nine, which is really good still, right? Um, so I just thought he was too talented of a player to put lower than the sixth spot, right? Uh, he's a borderline all-star type guy, right? I really thought he returned to his New York New York Knicks type of form last year yeah, with the Wizards. I, I think he had the best season of yeah. his career. Like you mentioned, he was healthy. Uh, and he played really well just on the Washington Wizards, which have been a dumpster fire for... Yeah, they're terrible. Four, five, six years. You seen years. the trades they made recently? Check out our first podcast. Mm, they're trying to blow it up. <laughs> but and it's not working very well. You get Jordan Poole in return. They got zero picks, so whatever. Dude, just load up the arena with the most attractive women. Jordan Poole, Poole will MVP, dude. MVP. Not a bad strategy. You know? But, you know, that, I put Kristoff. Porzingis at six for those reasons. Uh, I mean, it's a solid pick. I don't hate the pick. I went risky. Mm. I went bold. Yeah. With my number six. So See, to put it this way, I think if Victor Webb Binyama has a Porzingis type season this year, that would be like super successful yeah, first year for him. Yeah. I agree. I don't I mean the Spurs aren't gonna do anything this year, but no, I no, think Victor is gonna ball out. I really do. I believe in the kid. Um so what's gonna what he's gonna like have the most growing pains with is the three the three point shot especially off the dribble because a lot of people I know people talk about how he's such a good shooter but he Mm. didn't shoot that good overseas right and I know for me it's like a Luka Dantich or LeBron James type of three point shot where shooting off the dribble more difficult threes I think if it was just like catch and shoot threes he would shoot better but he's not as good of a shooter as people make it seem so don't be surprised if he only shoots 30% from three his rookie year. I do think he has potential there, and that's what everyone else believes as well. But don't don't be surprised if he only shoots 30% from three. What I, the reason that gives me hope is his free throw percentage is very high. It's good. And those guys usually, usually can shoot. So even if he gets fouled, uh, he's going to shoot very well from the free throw line. Yeah. Uh, he's skinnier, slimmer. So he won't be able to maybe guard Embiid in the post, but who can? Who can guard Embiid in the post? Nobody. Nobody. So that, like, what are you going to really do there? But he has power, finesse. Anyways, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to him later. You know. But my number five. We're gonna move on to number yeah, five, yeah. correct? So, uh, Sabonis. I think this is the perfect spot for him, uh, mostly because of his limitations that I saw, where he was afraid to shoot a wide open jump shot in the playoffs. Kind of had a lackluster playoff performance against Golden State. But this last year, he was an all-NBA center. uh, Playmake very well. And the first full season that he was in Sacramento, they were the third seed in the West. Sacramento has never been good in my entire life. So just the mere fact that he was either the best or second best player on a team that previously sucked and was, you know, arguably in the top 10 teams. Top, I mean, they were top three in the West, ranking wise. So uh, just his playmaking uh, alone can get him in the top 10. And then I just gave him kudos for what he did in Sacramento this past season. Yeah, I have uh, Sabotis at five as well. Okay. I did. Uh, the biggest reason why he dropped for me is because, as you mentioned, playoff performance. He wasn't quite the scorer. Um, he also, defensively, he can kind of be a liability in the playoffs against certain lineups, mm. right? Um, which is why I put other guys ahead of him, um, as you'll find out later. But um, he's kind of like a baby Jokic in a way, right? He's Jokic, but yeah. just... a level below maybe two three levels yeah. below he has that same skill set right he's probably the second best passing center in the nba he led the nba in rebounding right he's a good scorer he can score in the post he 
can make jumpers. He doesn't shoot doesn't too many. Shoot yeah, but he's very capable. Um, so, you know, he's, like you said, a big part of the reason Sacramento was finally good. He was their second best player. Uh, couldn't put him below five just because number two tier, like a second tier type player yeah. on a home court playoff team took Golden State to seven games. I mean, he he really does deserve to be at number five. Yeah, and I guess the problem, like I couldn't put him lower, but there I don't really, you couldn't put him higher either. Yeah, like he's just kind of locked at number five, and sadly, I don't think he can really move up. I think it's either going to be he stays at that position come next year, or maybe even regresses a little bit. So, I just think the guys that are ahead of him. Are ahead of him in a very clear fashion. Yeah, and for a good reason too, I yeah. believe. Like they do stuff that well, he does stuff that they can't. They do stuff that he can't that I think is more impactful in winning. In the well, playoffs. and they've had more success either individually or playoff wise. Yeah, so yeah. it's true. Uh, so, with that being said, who is your number four? I think it's the same as yours, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, yeah. Unless he is you my went four. crazy with your lust. <laughs> no, Bam is my number Bam four. Bam I mean, you can't put him lower. Uh, been to the finals on a couple of teams that I don't think should have been there. And he was a big reason why. Elite defender. Great high post playmaker. Can shoot really well. Rim run. Uh, plays tough. Perfect for that culture. And I can't leave him off the list. Even if he has a lackluster... Uh, regular season because every time the playoffs roll around, he is there to to play and he makes big plays. Is great on defense. He a lot of NBA players mention his name as one of the best defenders in the NBA, even though uh, he doesn't necessarily get the votes for D- DPOY uh, All NBA Defensive Team because nobody in Miami cares about the regular season. So. But I just couldn't put him lower because of how, how impactful he has been in the playoffs over the course of the past four years. I mean, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals every year. Yeah. So I uh, I agree with you. I debated between him and Sabonis for a minute because I feel like they're in similar tiers as players. But as you mentioned, he can guard Everybody. in the playoffs one through five. Because the thing with being a center in the NBA, you don't have to be able to guard a point guard for a full NBA possession, right? But he like, could. Yeah, but realistically, you only need yeah. to last like five, six seconds, and he can do that on almost anybody. And so because he can do that, he's not a liability. He's actually a positive for you on the, on the defensive side. He's better than some wings on the perimeter, right? Yeah. Solid rebounder. Can shoot the midi, can score inside. Every year he's gotten a little bit better offensively, right? So we're still seeing improvement from him. Um, and I think some of the reason he doesn't get as much love on the defensive side is that Bam plays in Miami, and the Heat are known as a good culture and a good defensive team, right? Yeah, so people yeah, think true. it's a team thing for them, even though he's really the anchor, the anchor of that good he's their defensive team. Yeah, so I think that's why he loses out on some of his love um, being on the Miami Heat. But um, he is a really good playoff center. Another one of those guys who I think could fit on almost any team, really. Like, he could plug and play for a lot of a lot of different squads. And I think he's similar to Sabonis in he's kind of locked or capped, is a better word, at four. I don't really see him jumping... Unless he wins like a finals MVP somehow. That'd be impressive. Uh, jumping any of the dudes ahead of him. The talent difference so, from there's four definitely to a three, gap. There's definitely there a gap. is a gap here for sure. Yeah. And, and Wimby is the only one. He that could break could jump that. that. Yeah. And it's probably not gonna be this year. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I put him at six. That being said, who is your number three? I'm interested to see where you went here because yeah. there's only two we already know number one. Everybody knows number one. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only battle choice. And I went Embiid. Oh, okay. I went Joel Embiid at three. Huh. You know, the pros, MVP, thanks to Kendrick Perkins. Um, and second round choke artist. Uh, on a more serious note. So this sounds like a playoff success thing. Uh, yes, 100%. Mm. Uh, Embiid is unstoppable. You cannot guard the guy. 
He can shoot from anywhere on the court. He also weighs 300 pounds and has a lot. Elijah one like, not. I'm not saying he's like Elijah one because he was on a different level, but the closest thing this league has to Elijah one is Joel Embiid. Kind of like a little bit of Shaq, a little bit of a Elijah one. Yeah, and can shoot the three. The problem is, when is he just gonna dominate? For three playoff series and make it to the finals. Because he could. Boston should never be able to handle this guy. It doesn't make any sense. And yet every year they lose to a wing dominant team in the playoffs. And he just gets cooked. So I that's why I couldn't put him any higher than three. Um, MVP candidate probably never again. Maybe. I don't know. Kendrick Perkins might save his life again, but uh, I just couldn't put him higher than three because he ne- has, hasn't made it out of the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, kind of a little side note here. I love how as we get higher up in the list, like our two, three, four guys. It becomes more negative. Yeah, we have more yeah. critiques about them well, because it's so close that we almost are like, okay, but this is a big reason why I like this guy over this guy. And we just we have more critiques well, about I mean, them, Embiid is but Embiid, they're right? but they're better, yeah, because he's better than these guys. Well, there's no argument for Bam to be better than Embiid. No, there's no, there's not, no. there's not an argument for anybody below this, yeah. below the three mark to be higher than Embiid. Yeah. So at this point, you got to nitpick mm-hmm. the players. Any three of these guys are. Yeah. Elite. I, at my number three, decided to put Anthony okay. Davis. Yeah. Um. Elite defensive player, right? He's a really good offensive player. Good rebounder, right? He doesn't really have many weaknesses. He's not a very good three-point shooter, but he doesn't need to be either, right? Because he's so good at everything else that he does. He can even dribble a little bit. Uh, Might be the second best ball handler on this list. Um, Or he's up there, at least, for his position. Um, My biggest argument to putting him three compared to two, as you put beat at three is that he was what has he done as the number one guy on his team compared to Embiid, right? Like the Pelicans were never great or any kind of threat when he was there, right? And with the Lakers, Fair. he's had LeBron James. And obviously as a number two guy, he's one of the best number two guys to have. The no doubt. No doubt about and that. Maybe Kevin Durant or he, But he's up there. He's he's one of the top three you know, number two guys to have on your team. Um, another thing is is his health concerns. I know Embiid has a little bit of that, but I think Embiid has been more healthy in general than Anthony Davis, especially when it matters, right? Um, okay. I don't think AD is as dominant just in general as Joel. Um, well, he is like still really good, really skilled. He's just not as big physically. can't impose that kind of dominance in the same way, but... That's ultimately why I put him at number three, and I have him beat higher. So your biggest point is because he's a number two. Yes, and as a number one, he hasn't never had the success that Joel had. Wow, Even though I don't necessarily think like, Joel's yeah. really had that much. I mean, Joel's got an MVP on him. But his team's a bit better as a number one. Have they? I mean, the Pelicans have made the second round of the playoffs with Anthony Davis. When have we ever thought? The Pelicans can win a championship with Anthony Did you Davis. really think Philly was ever going to win a chip? I think they have the ability to. I never to. thought. I think they I have the ability to. I always knew. But see, that's the expectation with Philly. That well, was never my the ar- expectation. My argument here is Anthony Davis had Drew Holiday, and that was it. Embiid has played with Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Ben Simmons when he was good, and when he was bad. I'll give him <laughs> Uh, well, he didn't play when he was bad. He just sat he out. just sat out. So Ben Simmons, when he tried, and he, the farthest he can go is the second round. You give Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, they're making the conference finals. Unless they play the Warriors but with Kevin Durant. I don't, but can you say that for sure? I mean, you look back in this playoffs, he maybe had one back-to-back 20-point game. AD does have times where, as much as we criticize Embiid for not showing up, AD sometimes doesn't show up either. He still he still has that kind of thing. It's just it doesn't weigh as big on him 
because they still have LeBron, LeBron James. Fair. So LeBron James, you know, he carries more of that load on his shoulders. And, you know, that's just kind of... He still has that thing. To I'm going to argue that this year, Anthony Davis was the Lakers' best player. Outside of the playoffs. Regular season-wise, AD backpack. But is bro. he really their best player, then, if he wasn't in okay. the playoffs? Yeah. But I think... It's just expectations, probably, is why. Um, I think AD, if the Lakers want to do anything, yeah. he's got to be their best player this year. It could I, be fair. I think LeBron is going to finally be not top five player in the NBA. You know, maybe number seven. And if they want to win, AD's going to have to become their number one dude. Even though LeBron probably, he just, it's not in his DNA. Yeah. It's going to be hard for him to adjust, but I think my biggest argument for Anthony Davis is defense. I will I will say as well, well, elite. Joel Embiid is a good defender as well. I mean, he finished he's finished top 3 in Depoy. Yeah. Um, I also will say cuz you brought up you did bring up expectations. I feel like there's a reason why Joel Embiid has higher expectations than AD. Well, M- Embiid can do more on the offensive side of the ball. I think Anthony Davis is the best defender. I do think he's a better perimeter. He is a better perimeter defender. He has more balance. Uh, you know, he can contest more shots because he has a higher motor mm-hmm. than than Joel Embiid does. And he's won a ring. Yeah. I know LeBron was on that team. But that playoff run by Anthony Davis was better than almost anything Embiid's ever played. That bubble championship was legit. I will say, I feel like... And Embiid has never reached that high. I feel like the only reason Anthony Davis got that was because they had that season break where he couldn't Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, he got that little extra rest, that little extra... But still, Embiid didn't even play in the bubble. Was he out the whole bubble? Simmons, I think, that was playing. Yeah, I think he was out. So, that's my biggest argument for AD over Embiid is... AD has had a better playoff run than Embiid ever has, even as a number two. And yeah. that tells you how good that Laker team was. I will say, too, kind of going off uh, That's how t- that, that tells you how good LeBron was. A lot of people will talk about the Lakers' bubble run. It's not counting or it's too easy or this or that. I disagree. If it was the hardest thing, right, if all these guys were talking about how hard it was to, to be there. To just be in the bubble? And you showed up and you performed. You is that out. is that not more impressive when these other guys just folded and went over, like showing how bad you want it, saying, "Oh, you know, it doesn't really count. It was easy, this and that." Everyone had was on the same level, you know. Everyone had the same thing that they were going through. And some people rose to the occasion. Some people didn't. Right? Lakers rose to the occasion that year. Yep, they really wanted to win. I think if anything, it might have been harder. The normal championships, but so hey, and there, there is someone a, had to win it. There's a slight argument that Anthony Davis, for the first three series, was the best player on their team. It was just the finals when LeBron was the best. Yeah, so, yeah. I honestly think you're splitting hairs, but I would pick AD over Embiid if I'm picking a center mm-hmm. to have on my team because. Embiid probably would go higher in like a fantasy draft, but I think he's more complimentary to winning as a number two, or even as a number one with a with a solid number two beside him, because Embiid dominates the ball, and that's a big reason why James Harden doesn't want to be there because he wants to go back to doing step backs and throwing thousands of dollars to strippers in Houston, but it didn't work out. Well, that guy's just something else. But. I think he's easier to play alongside, a better defender, and he's reached a peak, even if it's only for one playoff run, then that's higher than Embiid's ever has in the playoffs. So I'm assuming then AD is your number two. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Well, he's not number one. <laughs> yeah, my number two guy was Joel Embiid. Yeah. Kind of went over Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of figured based on how the argument was going there, right? So. Um, yeah, I just... I feel like we said a lot about those guys, but, you know, should we move on to yeah, number, I'm a number one? Number pretty one, pretty straightforward. 
Nikola Jokic, number one. This anything this no year? No doubt anymore. Just solidified it because I feel like for the longest time people put there was an argument. Nikola Jokic. I mean, hey. Yeah, I mean he never did much in the playoffs, but also his teams never had a healthy team. You're starting Austin Rivers and Compazzo in the playoff <laughs> series against Golden <laughs> State. Compazzo right? against Steph and Clay. Yeah, that's not gonna work out. Like, man. come on, you know. You can't. You couldn't. No, Michael Porter Jr. No, Jamal Murray. You couldn't expect those teams to do much. Well, the and, last time Denver was healthy was the bubble run, and they made it to the Western Conference, Conference Finals against the Lakers, who won. Yeah, and the, the Lakers were a better team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and Jokic, I don't think, had reached his peak yet. He wasn't so. as good he as he is. Right he wasn't now. as good as he was, is now. You put, you put, twenty twenty two Jokic on that Denver team and. It's probably a, you might have a different story. It's true. It's you true. You never know. This Jokic, he this year's Jokic might be one of the most offensively unstoppable players we've ever seen. It feels like he makes the right decision every time. He makes crazy passes that no one sees. Right? He can score almost whenever he wants to for being such a slow, I know, unathletic it, it makes, guy. Absolutely no sense. He's guy so he can smart. Barely dunk. And he's seven foot tall, and he just, it. The reason why people kind of maybe are turned off by him, maybe the general fan or public perception, uh, is because he's just so. He's just a smart basketball player, which is very underappreciated by the average fan. He's not jumping over people or shooting it from half court. He makes the right play almost every time, and. You can't guard his little push hook, one-legged, whatever the crap it is. And he's the best player in the world right now. So, of course, he's the top 10 center. Or he's not the best center in the world. He's absolutely unstoppable, right? And he's at least an average defender. It's not like you're throwing him out there and he's getting cooked by all these guys, right? And it's like, I feel like especially if you've played basketball before, right? At a like competitive type level, like you just appreciate so much more what he's able to do, just because he almost plays a perfect game every time he yeah. plays. He like if the Miami Heat in that series are like, okay, Jokic score forty, he, he scores forty, and they find a way to win games. Like, and if you're like, okay, we're not gonna let you score, he's getting fifteen he's getting, assists, right? Mm-hmm. And especially, I feel like. Him being paired with Jamal Murray as well works really well because Jamal Murray as a pick and roll scorer, I feel like that's his biggest strength. So him coming off that screen with Jokic just gives them so many options because you have to watch Murray as the pick and roll scorer. And then if not, he's giving it to Jokic who's making something special happen. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think the better question for this part of the, the segment would be, how long do you think Jokic is going to have the title as the number one player in the NBA? You know, the thing is, I think he could run with it for a good amount of time, right? He's still under 30. And even with that being said, as long as his... He's going to have, I think, a Dirk type of run to the end of his career in terms of he will last as his body lasts, right? So as long as his body's there... And being good to him, allowing him to move, run up and down the court, he's going to be good. He's going to be successful, right? Because he doesn't rely on his athleticism or his speed. It's his skill and his mental ability, right? So as long as he can do that, I think he could have a good three to five year run right here. Well, I mean, right now it's between him and Giannis. Yeah. And if Giannis goes out this season, which it's not out of the realm of possibility, and wins the championship, wins another finals MVP, then the belt... It goes right back to Giannis. We could have a little like uh, a little back and back forth. and forth right here, like the old LeBron and KD, but that one wasn't as back, wasn't and forth. Really back and forth. It was always like KD was on the heels of Bron. That's my thing. Is I don't know if I think we're entering in, in into an era of the NBA it's where a new era. There's not going to be a reign for ten years where this one guy is just the definitive best player in the NBA. There's no more LeBron. There's no more Jordan. There's no more Kobe. Where they have a decade run. And Kobe's even debatable. He was the face of the NBA. But, I mean, you had Tim Duncan winning chips. Uh, 
you know, Shaq and LeBron, even a young LeBron, you know. So I don't really think we're ever going to see a definitive five to ten year run of the best player in the NBA being the same person. Yeah. I really, and that's why I asked the question, you know, teams, is he going to be able to hold on to it? These teams have to take advantage of when they win right now, right? Like you look at the Bucks, they have the same core together as when they win. And a lot of teams are willing to break that up like really quick, really easy, right? If it doesn't work. And I think these teams realize that this is the probably the best era in the NBA in terms of skill uh, for the players, in right? Term, yeah, in terms of balance Having, across the league. Because like some of these guys who are, let's, like, let's be honest, there are probably G League players who could have been role players in the 90s, right? Like they would have been in rotations for these teams. That can't even make the NBA nowadays, right? Well, there's 30 to 40 people in the NBA right now that you could argue should be all-stars. Exactly. Like back, in the day, many. back in the day, I don't think there was that many all-star snubs. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's 15 dudes you could always name off that didn't make the all-star team as like a snub. Yeah, it's the most skilled the NBA's ever been, which makes it, I think, more competitive makes it even harder to have a dynasty, um, I believe, which is kind of started recently. Which I think, I, from what I understand, a lot of people are kind of worried about that, if that's good for the NBA or not. Personally, as a fan... I think it's more fun. I like it. I like it better. I mean, like, sure, I guess people like to see one team or player dominate, but they only like to see that if it's LA, Golden State, Yeah, everybody Miami. wants to see the Lakers or the Cowboys... Yeah, in the big game. Like, what if the know? Bucks had a dynasty? How would people feel about? That? I don't know. I don't. I or the do Nuggets think, have a dynasty? I think viewership would be a little bit lower than you know when you have a big rivalry like the Cavs Warriors back in the day, or rivalries. Know, I think are good, but that might be what these smaller market or like other dynasties may need kind of like a rivalry rivalry yeah they need um, they might need a rivalry to get the views and the ratings that the tv used to get or like some of these older bigger market teams kind of tend to get so okay guys let us know what you think about our top 10 list let us know specifically about our ad and b debate where do you guys think they land in terms of top centers in the nba Don't forget, if you like us, subscribe to our channels, right? Make sure to follow us each week. Um, Thank you for watching, and this is Second Take. Have a good one, guys.